Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. won't preach about three hours over the next three weeks, okay? But um, I do want to share something with you this morning. There's no doubt I feel like I'm on the right track for the way the services went. And I went up behind Gavin. He was with me in my office there before service. And I showed him what I wanted to do. And I said, how, how, how close do you think we're on to what the Lord's doing this morning? He said, we're, we're right on it. And so I want to go to Acts chapter 2. And uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 17. And I want to read a few verses of scripture. And I just want to talk to you just for a few moments this morning, okay? And I just want to encourage you. Uh, with something. I'm going to share a clip in a moment. And um, and I just got just something on my heart right here this morning. And it just, all, all I'm fixing to do is just re-herald what's already been said. And so I, I just I just know that there's a, there's a track that we're running on in the service. And how many knows that you being here is not coincidence, right? God wants to do some, he, he wants to accomplish something in our lives today. And so, Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Allie. I'm good right there. That's good. Thank you. <clears throat> you there in Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter 2, verse 14. I want to jump right here. It says, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. That term's very, we could preach a lot just from that term. How many know the last days didn't start in the 80s or the 90s, but it began actually right here? Y'all with me? But how many could probably say in this room, we're in the last days? About four people. Now, y'all not going to go to sleep, are you? Y'all going to transition a little bit? All right. Listen to this. But it, but for... For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days, say God, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on whom? All flesh. Look at your neighbor and say all flesh. You are included in all flesh. Look at this. And your sons and daughters, what? Shall prophesy. And your young men shall see what? Visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, and a sign in the earth beneath, and blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood." Before the, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. Now there's a lot we could preach from in that text. But I just want to use just one phrase. Let's go back again and read verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now here's a sign to me that we're in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit is that those that used to dream are beginning to dream again. This is not saying that the older men, the 70 plus or 60 plus year old men in the church is going to start dreaming. That means the 30-year-old that went through a decade of hell is going to believe God again. How many has ever had a dream that you felt like the dream died on the inside of you? One of my favorite scriptures is Joseph when he told his brothers to dream and he felt like the dream was stripped from him. He said that yet Joseph dreamed another dream. And it's time that we, the church, dream another dream. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. Feel like raising. But it's time we, the church, dream another dream. Now we were watching, I was listening to a podcast, and in this podcast they played this clip 
off of YouTube. And so Grant and I were riding down the road, and I wanted to see uh, personally what was going on on the clip. So I watched the clip, and how many knows when you watch a clip on YouTube, it shows some clips that's just like that or whatever else that you may like to watch. And so anyhow, through this, a couple of clips, I found this one clip. And Catherine and I watched this clip. This is two or three weeks ago. And as we watched this clip, there's one line in this clip, and I just could not get over it when he said that. And so this morning, I just want to talk just for a, just a brief moment about dreaming again. I want to share this clip with you. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, and then we'll pray and get out of here. So if you will, roll that clip, Gavin. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? Nervous. <laughs> okay. And what's your name, please? My name is Michael Ketterer. Where are you from? I'm originally from East Tennessee, but right now I live in Orange County. And... Tell me a bit about you. What do you do for a living? I'm a pediatric mental health nurse. Yeah. Okay. And what are you going to be doing for us? Are you a singer? Yes, sir. So this is kind of a different direction, you coming on a show like this, Michael. So tell me what the thought process was. What's, what's the ambition, the dream here? Well, um, my family's my reason why I'm here. My wife and my six children. Six Thanks. children. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that happens, especially because my children came out of foster care, when you're surviving, you can't dream. And that has been one of the most rewarding things is providing them with a home and a safe environment where they're free to dream. And so I'm here because I wanna show them that if their dad can live out his dreams, then nothing's impossible for them. for you. Okay, Michael, well, listen, we're all rooting for you. Thank you. Mike, do you know what? When we find singers on these shows, is it about being technical or is it about being relevant? And sometimes for me, it's just about being real and a surprise, if I'm being honest with you, because you were so nervous, I was concerned for you. But I think sometimes actions speak louder than words. 
is special. And everything is perfect. You deserve it. I really mean that. knows that was good say so how are you gonna preach from that you can't dream when you're trying to survive and I'm gonna tell you something I feel like I'm probably cry a lot today but I feel like that's my greatest passion and I feel like that's what I can't really just say in my prayer time I can't get over it I feel like that's what God's got me at that I want everybody to succeed in their dream. Listen to Stan. He was with me on Friday, and you can't be with him very long. He's going to tell you about the nations that he's going to and all this stuff. And I just said, you know what? My job is to create an environment where he's got the ability to dream. Listen to me. This is a church for the dreamers. Did you hear what I said? This is the church of the visionaries. We are never going to settle for status quo, friend. I'm telling you, that's not the high water mark of this church. This church is called to create an environment where all things are possible to them that believe. Come on, we were marked in a we were marked in a season when Roberta was trying to believe for her child to be raised from the dead. But I want to tell you something today. I came to announce something to you. We will see the dead raised, church, if we don't shrink back. I said we will see the dead raised if we don't shrink back. We will see cancer healed. We'll see quadriplegics healed. We will see the unimaginable if we don't shrink back. We are not a house full of orphans. We are a house full of king's kids. We deserve the very best. Why? Because God gave his very best to us. My God. Listen. Listen to this right here. I just want to read you something I wrote down. If I understand all that is going on in my Christian life, I have an inferior Christian life. The walk of faith is to live according to the revelation we have received in the midst of the mysteries I can't explain. That's why it's called, Christianity is called faith. Now, how many knows that Paul said this in Philippians 3.14? He says, I press toward the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. Let me say this too. The one of the most wealthiest places you can ever go. I learned this from Miles Monroe. It is not Rodeo Drive. It is not Fifth Avenue. It is not Buckhead. The wealthiest place you can go is a graveyard. It is where men had dreams and visions that fear shut them up that they were never allowed to step into. It is where people's words that were spoke against them, they took ownership of them and believed them about themselves. Listen, we can't, Bill Johnson says this, I can't afford to have one thought in my mind that did not come from him. And it's amazing how much we entertained it never came from Him. If you got thoughts in your mind that you're the, you're the tail, that is not the Word of God. The Bible says you are the head and not the tail. It says you are above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. That didn't come from that. That came from the lies of the enemy, which the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says if God be for me, then who in the world could ever be against me? And so, so in, this, in this clip, what we saw was a, was a young man that stood out on the stage. He said on behalf of his family. And he says, I'm trying to show them if I can live my dream, that they can live their dream. If you'll notice this morning, the pulpit is different. Only Catherine and Matt's going to know where this pulpit come from. But for seven and a half years, I drove 45 minutes one way to stand behind this wooden pulpit. My Uncle Jimmy built this pulpit. Uh, uh, for me and so I was privileged to get it back uh, maybe being here about a year and a half they put this pulpit in storage and I, I sent Matt and Stanton along with some other stuff to go get it so I have it it actually stays in, in, our, in our storage over there Kim Balger was uh, gracious enough to build me a nice, nice big wide pulpit and I love the metal one but I want to say this today that it, no matter every time that I stood behind this pulpit 
I want you to understand, I'm in a storefront preaching in a little bitty town. But every time I stood behind this pulpit, I never believed that that was my final destination. Some of you, listen, some of you are on your launching pad. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise. When you're praying for the oak tree, God will hand you the acorn. You've got to see the oak tree inside the acorn. And you've got to tend it like that. You've got to talk to people like it's a mighty oak, even though you only hold the acorn. Listen, when people laugh and mock you, and say that's not an oak tree listen that's just their limited vision friend come on somebody but don't get don't let the vision die within you or the dream die within you every time I took this pulpit I never saw that I was in a storefront did others mock me that I was in a storefront yes but am I in a storefront today no friend that's only training ground for where you're going every hardship God wastes nothing in your life every trial every tribulation is to prepare you for the final destiny destination that God has in mind you may not understand what's going on in your life right now let me give you a clue you don't have to understand it you just got to trust the author and finisher of your faith and know that he's good come on somebody I'm trying to preach in here know that he's good know that he's got your best interest at heart it may be rough friend but God will never leave us nor forsake us he's with us in the valley he's with us in the valley though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death I will fear no evil why because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. In every hardship, God is right there. So, so I felt like, so here's the thing. Why are you preaching like this? My mother calls me. She, when she, um, she calls me and she said, I just want to ask you something. I said, what's that? When we did the little promo clip or whatever with the, with the, with the, with the, with the awake in the south. She said, did you ever think, did you ever think you would be pictured alongside of Pastor Parsley? I said, to be honest with you now, I probably never thought that. <laughs> well, we would have got somebody else to preach, but when we looked for somebody else in that conference to preach, we couldn't find no better than none than me. So that's why I come in on Saturday night. Everybody's got to have a cheerleader. Come on, somebody. Everybody's got to have an encourager. Listen, and what I found, listen to me, friend, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. You got to learn how to look in the mirror and say, keep going, friend. Come on, somebody. I just come to tell you, listen, God blesses those that don't quit. The only way you're going to lose is if you quit. Don't you throw in the towel. Get up, friend. I don't care where you find yourself this morning. I don't care if you came out of the club at 5 o'clock this morning and walked in this door. God's got destiny. God's got purpose. He's got a dream for you, and he's got plans to bless you and not to harm you. All right. Almost done. I'm preaching this quick. Go right here with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9. I'm going to tell you something. I do know this that dreamers and people of vision will offend non dreamers. And people with no vision. You know, how many saw, in the, I got an ad in the paper. I got a paper, that, you know, the paper that's got all the ads in it. And there was a picture of the old high school. Revamped. CCA, soaring high. You know, when I come over that bridge, Teresa, I'll tell you, I'm proud. I might not in the beginning understood why would they buy an old school building. But that's just the promise of the word. You know, apostolic people rebuild the old waste places. Is that not what your Bible says in Isaiah 58? They're the restore of the breach. Rebuild the old waste places. Look at this. When we said in this year that this year would be the breakout year. And I've done, I'm doing everything I can to position us as a church to start moving in that. I'm not saying that you're going to hold the full breakthrough. But I promise you, many are putting their feet on the path of the greatest breakthrough that they have ever seen. And that this year would be the launching of that. Look at what's happened. Look at the businesses that exploded in this church. Look at things that have shifted in this church. Look, I, I never thought I would be able to let go of my job. I've let go of my job. Come on, somebody. Look at CCA coming from the old building 
on 8th Street to bind an entire campus. I believe that well on the way of seeing football teams, baseball teams, all of that coming to pass. Every bit of that dream. Where did that dream come from? It come from a small seed from this church. And look at what God has done over the last 10 years in the life of that school. We should celebrate that every day. That is a child that was birthed in this house. And we should celebrate it every time we see great growth come to it. Now, let's look at this. Now see, listen to this right here. I'm going to read you this. Many are discouraged because their dreams have failed. In their pain and frustration, they oppose the message that that a believer has the right to dream. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs 13, 12. But the verse doesn't stop there. Neither should we. But desired fulfilled is a tree of life. Do you know that your father wants to to fulfill every desire in your heart? We, we, We were gone this week playing baseball. And we went by this large boat dealership. And Grant's eyes was just through the roof. He's on these big boats, and I told him this. And, and I, I told him this. I said, son, he, he's like, are we going to have the boat next week? I said, it might not be next week. But I said, I can promise you that we're going to have the boat. He said, how do you know? I said, because it's impossible for us to have a desire in our heart that our Father will not fulfill. See, religion tells you God to take care of your needs. You need to read your Bible. The first miracle Jesus did was not because they needed wine, because they was already about drunk. Come on. Am I in the Bible? John chapter 2. But Jesus created more wine to some people that was half drunk to get them real drunk. That would blow religion up right there. Because they wanted wine. Why? Because the first miracle he revealed to the church was to show that he is an extravagant father that goes well beyond what you think, ask, or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, above what you think, that is ability on your greatest day to imagine God's got it bigger than that. Ask, that's your prayer life. He goes far beyond what you even have the ability to pray for. I'll do above that. God takes care of wants too. The only thing he wants from you is your heart. But get off on this rabbit. God doesn't care about things. He doesn't care about us owning things. Matter of fact, listen to me. The believers should show wisdom in the purchases. Not even in what you buy. I'm going to really probably offend somebody right here. But you should buy the very best what you have the ability to buy. Huh? Come on now. All right. Let me get back to this because I will never get these 40 things just flushed up right there. All kind of stuff. Listen. Here's a higher reality. When people pursue dreams but fail to see them fulfilled, they prepare the way for others who carry the same dream to eventually get the breakthrough that they were seeking. It is hard for many to take comfort in this thought, but that's because we usually think it's all about us. There's no failure in faith. Listen to me. There is no failure in faith. Often a tragic loss here on earth is viewed quite differently in heaven. What is honored in heaven is frequently pitied on or mocked here on earth. When a person dies while trying to live out an expression of faith, people often criticize the foolishness of their decision. Few realize that their loss became the soul in which someone else could eventually realize their dream because their loss actually paved the way to a breakthrough. Those with failed dreams can take comfort in the fact that they prepared the way for others. It's a John the Baptist role. He prepared the way for the one to come countless times throughout history. There have been many, but there have been those who never realized a fulfillment of their dreams. Many come to the end of their lives with the overwhelming conclusion that they failed. To our detriment, we have lived without the conscious that a failed attempt at a dream often becomes the foundation of another person's success. Some water, others plant, still others harvest. We have an important role to set the stage for the King of Kings to receive more glory. And it's all about Him, not about us. Listen to this. 
In the 1920s, a man named Mallory led an expedition to be the first to climb Mount Everest. He attempted this feat on two separate occasions but failed. He went back to work and assembly the best team of climbers available. With the finest equipment in existence, he gave extra attention to the details of their assignment, especially focusing on the issue of the safety. In spite of their efforts, tragedy struck. <clears throat> Many in the expedition were killed in an avalanche, including Mallory. Only a few survived. When the team returned to England, a banquet was held in their honor. The leader of the survivors stood to acknowledge the applause of those in attendance. He looked at the pictures of his comrades that were displayed around the room. Choking back the tears, he spoke to the mountain on behalf of Mallory and his friends. Listen to this. I speak to you, Mount Everest, in the name of all the brave men living and those yet born. Mount Everest, you defeated us once. You defeated us twice. You have defeated us three times. But Mount Everest, we shall someday defeat you because you can't get any bigger, but we can. Death and disappointment could have been the end of such a quest, but instead it became the foundation for future success, and we know that Everest has been climbed. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. You need to look at your problem, what's held you back from destiny all this time, and say, listen, you can't get no bigger, but I can. And it's time we grow and get bigger on the inside. Listen to me. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. God can't get no bigger than he already is, friend, but he can get a whole lot bigger in your eyes. And when you start praising God, it's amazing how big he gets and that issue in your life gets so small. When we get our focus off of that and onto him, it's amazing how much faith arises in us that we can overcome what has held us back. I'm trying to tell us, church, what I believe with everything in me. The wind shifted over six months ago. And it's time those that ain't been on the field, get your ball, get it back on the field, and let's go again. We're in a season of breakthrough. And it's not just for Steve Batts. It's not just for Terry. It's not just for Stanton. It's for everybody in this room. Now here. Now let's read this. Out of 1 Samuel chapter 9. It's a long story right here, but I want to read it. And I got time to read it. It's 1146. All right, listen. For those that listen by podcast, we're concerned about the time to get the second service going. All right, so listen. And that right, stand. All right. Here's. We got to change the perspective, church. We got to change the perspective. You got to see. It, I mean, I don't know about you this morning, but as 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 the pastor of this church, I'm amazed that when I get when I'm out of town and I'm I'm laying in a hotel room in Statesboro and I get a text at 10:23 with a picture of everybody lined up at the front. We still going, pastor? Come on, is that not amazing to you? Huh? Some. Anybody else excited about that? Anybody else excited about that your teenagers is up here telling stories about their life wreck? Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about your teenagers saying they broke the power of pornography off their life? Come on, anybody else talking about broke low self-esteem and all this stuff off their life? Come on, there's a move of God happening in here. They are beginning to prophesy. I saw teenagers laying hands on other people this morning in this house. God is on the move, friend. We have got to let discouragement go this morning. We've got to bury that thing this morning in this house. We've got to do what Tara said. Let the past be healed this morning. All of us in here can pull out all of our war stories. We got it. All of us in here tote knives in the back. Are you going to let that define who you are? I want to ask you this morning. Are you going to let the people that hurt you hold you and hold you hostage to the past? Or are you going to let them go and say, I forgive them in the name of Jesus? I'm moving on, friend. It's time to move on. I came to tell somebody, get up and move on. When are you going to let that old relationship go? When are you going to let that old sin that does so easily but set you go? It's time to let let it go, baby. It's time to get rid of everything that is hindering the ship. It's time to let some weight off the boat and let's go on with this thing. My God, I'm about to preach. I'm about to get up in these chairs. I said it's time to move on. It's time for us to move on. Bury that thing. Pull your sword out. Kill it. Get it off of you. In the name of Jesus. Throw that habit in the trash. It ain't helping you, friend. Get rid of it. You can't allow what somebody said about you 10, 10 years ago to define who you are. 
You can't let a Polaroid snapshot of your life define who you are. It's time to get up. Move on. You're never going to take hold of that when you can't let go of that. The, the thousand mile walk begins with the first step. Now here's our problem. Where we've been at gets so comfortable that we're afraid we're going to sink if we get out here. But you ain't never going to, some of you, we pray, God, we want to see you. You're never going to see him until you get off the bank and get down in the fire. The three Hebrew boys didn't see him while they was up there saying we ain't going to bow down. They saw him when they got in the fire. God loves risk takers that'll get out there where only he can save them. Huh? There's just something about it when it's just you and God. When you can prove, you, you, you're proving to him that you trust him. Like Abraham, you treading the mountain the whole way, not knowing that they, hey, Abraham didn't know there was another answer. Come on, somebody. But he had the wood and Isaac along the mountain with him. Come on, somebody. But when he began to walk up the mountain, listen, the first time Jehovah Jireh appears in the scripture is not when he found the ram in the thicket. It was when he was ascending the hill when Isaac asked him, when Abraham had nothing in, in, inside, he said, he said, but God shall provide himself a lamb. I come to tell you that when you can't hardly pay the bills, if you can still call him Jehovah Jireh and tithe and do what you know to do, he will provide the ram in the thicket, friend. He will provide the ram in the thicket. He's Jehovah Jireh when you cannot see it. He's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord God our banner, when I don't know if I got the victory. He's Jehovah Rapha when I'm so sick I can't hardly walk. He's still healer. And when we learn how to... My God, I'm preaching like a wild man. I got to calm down. I had to calm down. I'm about to come unglued. My God, I got to calm down. All right. Let me calm down. I've had a blood pressure cuff. It blew off right now. Let me calm down. <laughs> I'm about to overheat the engine. All right, Lord. I just feel this thing. You believe I'm passionate about it? I'm passionate about it. We're we'll going to be a house full of dreamers. We're we'll going to be a house full of dreamers. All things are possible. House full of dreamers that live the life. We believe we're great not because of our name, but because of who's on the inside of us. That's why we're great. I'm blessed because he said I'm blessed. I'm wealthy because he said I'm wealthy. Wealth ain't got nothing to do with your bank account. It's what you believe on the inside of you, friend. Wealth is an eternal thing, not an external reality. Oh, my God. All right. Let me just sum this up. Y'all trust me enough to know I can sum up 1 Samuel 9. 1 First of all, I got you in the wrong book. It's 2 Samuel 9. <clears throat> all right. Saul, who is king, has a son named Jonathan. Jonathan has a son who is Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is around five years old. The news comes back from the battlefield that Saul and Jonathan have been killed. Actually, Saul took his own life. Right? In the book. And the news comes back to the palace that Saul and Jonathan have been killed. A nurse picks up Mephibosheth, starts running with him, drops him, he falls out of her arms, and he falls and he's crippled for the rest of his life. Why does she take off with Mephibosheth? Because here was the deal. Once a king was captured or, or killed, all of his lineage, they would destroy them. Same things that happens in the wild. When a lion becomes the new Male line of a pride, he will kill all the other male's uh, offspring. Come on now. I ain't going to get in there, but there's some rabbits that could come out of that. But let's go on further. So Mephibosheth, think about this. His destiny was heir to the throne. Your destiny in this room is an heir of the king of kings. Y'all want to read it together? 
Does not Romans 8 say that? We are children of God. Every promise that was given to Christ Jesus now belongs to you. You won't claim it if you don't know it. And Hosea said, my people are not destroyed because the devil running wild. What? He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let me give you a news flash right here. There are the same amount of demons that were on the earth in Jesus' day is the same amount as today. How do you know that? Well, the Bible says only a third of them fell. Am I in the book? So listen to this. And they, how many knows that there's two angels per every demon? What are you saying? You got great odds in your favor. But if you don't know what's yours, you won't demand your right. There's a story of a man that saved this, this, this pauper that saved all his money to buy a ticket on this cruise ship. And he's riding the cruise ship and he's got enough rations to make it for about the whole week. Well, he runs out of his rations of his crackers and cheese. And he, he sees that the whole, all the guests are inside eating this great meal, this great huge buffet meal. And he's hungry, and, but he knows that he don't, have, he don't have the money because he used all his money just to get the ticket. And as, as he goes to the captain of the ship, he wanted to know if he could get a few scraps from the buffet meal because he was so hungry. And he said, but I don't have the money to go in and purchase the meal. I used all I had to get the ticket. And the captain said, you mean to tell me that you've been sitting out here eating crackers and cheese and you have not been eating the meals that are provided in the banquet room? He said, no, sir. He said, did you not understand that when you bought the ticket to get on the boat, that the ticket covered everything that was on the boat? Listen, this is where the church, a lot of the church is living. We've been living on crackers and cheese when we bought the ticket. What was the ticket? The ticket was the cross at Calvary, friend. I come to preach. Can you give me five more minutes? The ticket was the cross at Calvary. And everything Jesus purchased at Calvary, he said it is finished. Why did he say it's finished? I done purchased it. I bought it. Paid in full, baby. And he handed you the ticket. What was in the ticket? Deliverance. Blessing. Healing. Forgiveness. Now Mephibosheth has got all of this in his lineage. But now he's crippled. And notice how he's crippled. Boy, there's so much we can preach right here. He's crippled by someone that was entrusted to take care of him. They let him down. How many people are crippled because of the people you trusted in let you down? But see, God's telling you this morning, you got to let it go. you got to make a decision. Are you going to stay at the place that Mephibosheth is at? Let's just say this. All of us in this room are going to let one another down. I'm going to let you down. It's hard to believe it, but Bats is going to let you down. Stan's going to let you down. But are we going to allow that to determine the outcome of our future? It doesn't say that John, Pastor John, is the author and finisher of your faith. It said that Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. All right, listen. He's at a place called Lodabar. When David asked is there anybody left in, in Jonathan's house that I may bestow honor upon? They, they come back and tell him, there is one left. His name is Mephibosheth. He is a cripple and he's living in Lodabar. Lodabar is, that word means the land of nothing. God has never, let me say this, has never had destiny for you to live in the land of nothing. Jesus said, I came, John 10 and 10, to give you life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Am I in the book? People get mad with this kind of preaching. Say, well, that's prosperity preaching. That's the only gospel there is. There ain't a poverty gospel, friend. That's the, that's the gospel of the devil in religion. There's only a prosperity gospel. Beloved above all, beloved above all, beloved above all, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So as your soul is delighting itself in the Lord, come on somebody, and in the word of God and in worship, as your soul prospers, everything in your life will prosper. How do you know that? Because when David went out to the ark, he parked the ark at Obed-Edom's house. When Obed-Edom tended to the ark, which is the presence, his whole life was blessed. Yeah. All right. So he's living in the land of Lodabar. 
Could you name him? Say he's almost done. All right. Mephibosheth is probably looking back over his life. How do I go? How, how do I go from being in a palace to living in a one-room rented apartment? How do I go from living the way I lived, not having to worry about nothing, to not knowing if we're going to make it by the time week's in? Anybody ever found yourself there? I have. I mean, don't go look at them flashy wheels Catherine pulled up in this morning. Friend, I've drove something that was held together by Christian bumper stickers. But every time I drove it, I didn't say that this was my lot in life and this was my destiny. Grant would ask me as a little boy, Daddy, when we get in a new truck, I said, when your mama graduates college, things going to turn, I promise you. Come on. He's that low to bar. He starts hearing something off in the distance. And the ruckus gets louder and louder. And then by the time he makes a distinction, Mephibosheth knows exactly what that is. There can be no, there can be no horseman except that be the horseman of the king. He's heard that sound before. He runs in and finds a place to hide because what does he believe? They've tracked me down and they're coming to take my life. See, the very thing you think is going to kill you is going to be the very thing that will bless you. My God, I can't. The very thing you think is killing you is the very thing that's going to bless you. That Goliath that's taunting your name every day, when you cut his head off, he's holding your promotion papers. What, what could it be that the greatest thing you've ever landed in your life is because you won't get rid of that forgiveness? It's toting, your, it's toting your promotion papers. When you put it down, God's going to put you right there. All right. Let's go on. So he thinks that he's fixing to get killed. Mephibosheth comes out and he crawls to the king. And the king tells him to get up. That I come to show you great honor. I'm about to bless your life. I'm about to give you every bit of the land that was destined from your grandfather and your dad. I'm giving you all that land. Not only that, I got a team of servants that they're going to tend the land for you. You ain't even got to get out and work. I just want you to watch. I want you to check the news and the weather in the morning and watch the Braves. That's all you got to do is stay in the air conditioner. They're going to tend the land for you. And every night you're not going to eat with them. I want you sitting at my table. Is this not what the Bible says? 2 Samuel 9. Did it? Is this not the story? He said, why would you speak this to me for I am like a dog? Now let me tell you this right here. I know, I know I'm on overtime. But listen here. Some of us in this room, when we hear preaching like this about God blowing your natural born mind, God blessing you like beyond measure, it's hard for you to believe that because you see yourself beneath that. I can't tell you, if you believe that you're not enough, you will be received that you're not enough. He sees himself as a dog. David didn't see him as a dog. He saw him as an heir. And first of all, it had nothing to do with Mephibosheth's life, the reason why he was about to bless him. God, Jess, I came to help somebody. Can I tell you that it ain't got nothing to do with you, the reason why God wants to bless you like he wants to bless you. It's got everything to do with what Jesus did for you, why he wants to bless you. Just because of the lineage He's about to walk in the greatest favor he's ever walked in. Why are you about to walk in the greatest favor you've ever walked in? Because you fell at the right place at the right time. Why? Because you just showed up at this church and you showed up at this church at the right time, baby. The war's already over. We done fought that. Did I hear? Did you hear what I said? You showed up at the right time. We just come back from war. We done took the bandana off. We done put the boots in the shelter. Now we dividing up the spoil. It's a good time to get up in this thing. Did you hear what I said? It's a good time. And here's the thing. Don't think, listen. I, I, gotta, I gotta do this. Right here, listen. I, I heard. Don't think when Rod says to Jet out here that people ain't gonna talk about something in this community. 
I'm just, let's just be honest right here. I'm just going to side note right here, and I'm quite close. But listen, I ain't going to stop believing in my dream just because a few people don't want to dream something great. Huh? Do you think that Walt Disney listened to people says that people would never come to that? How many of you have ever seen a Tyler Perry movie, Medea? Don't raise your hand if you don't. Come on. You know what? Do you know what he told you? know what? When he finally made it, living in his car, living in his car, homeless, when he finally made it to Hollywood to, for them to produce a Medea movie, you know what they told him? Man, you crazy. African-American people won't even go to movies. You think they're still saying that today? You know what he believed? He believed what God placed inside of him was bigger than what they said. When T.D. Jakes was told, nobody's going to listen to you, man. You buck tooth to start with, and you got a lisp. Nobody cares to listen to people speak with a lisp. Imagine the preacher that told him that day. He's probably still with his 30 people trying to hunker down. Come on! The last I checked, T.D. ain't wondering about if somebody's going to show up to hear him. He's just worried about how he's going to get the building big enough to get him in. So what I'm telling you is what has God placed on the inside of you? He's placed something on the inside of you. And what's on the inside of you is, is needed for all of us to make it to where we're going. Because we're in this thing together. Now Mephibosheth gets up, everything gets restored to him. Everything gets restored to him, which is a, which is a picture of redemption. There is no doubt that there is redemption upon this house to redeem the land. That is an anointing here. Just to redeem some things. And there is some things that's been stripped from us. But I want to tell you this. That there's no doubt in my mind that the Spirit of God is moving when the old men dream dreams. Now I'm going to close with this. You, you help me right here, Alamite. We went fr Friday... Catherine had, was going to do something on Friday night. We were out of town, go, come in Thursday night late. And usually if I'm going to go fishing, common sense says you leave around 5. So we ain't left and it's 9 o'clock. Boys said we're going fishing. I said, well, we go fishing then. And so we, uh, y'all know the children rule the house anyhow. Say it so. And um, so anyhow we go and. So I text Stanton's always on me. He's like, man, I ain't never been on his boat. I ain't never been on his boat. So I text Stanton. I said, where you at? Well, I didn't know it, but he's in this training class down in Valdosta. What do you think happened? He leaves the training class. That emergency came up. <laughs> so we go, and we enjoy the day on the flats and boys fishing. And, and I had taken this picture, and I didn't know it when I took the picture. But I just took the picture down the boat and Grant was on the very front of the bow. John Bentley was in the middle. Stanton was right there and I just shot a picture of him. And after I got to looking at the picture long enough, in the picture John Bentley was way back and the pole was doubled over like that. And I text that to my elders. I said, who is the real fisherman in this picture? John Bentley was fighting the fish, you know. But we were talking about different things and we were talking about people in our lives that's impacted us. And I started talking about you, Steve. When I was that young, 19, 21. Catherine, I got married on my 22nd birthday. And I remember when I was laid hands on and received my ordination at 22. And I said, when you see that man who put literally holes in the floor with cowboy boots on this side when it was a wood floor, those that have been here for a long time know it. When you see him dreaming again, God is in the house. Church, God's got a dream for us. He's got a dream for you. It's time that you embrace it and believe it. God has equipped you for a time such as this. And what it takes, first of all, you know, the some may laugh at this. You know, like, man, what's he got? 200 people 
in Sparks, Georgia. But to my, in my heart, it's never 200 people in Sparks, Georgia. To me, there's missionaries on the mission field right now that call this place home. To me, there's a flight leaving in the morning at 7 a.m. for somebody going to touch the world. But I know tonight, as Jess goes to Blackshear, I'll rejoice with the Lord that he's traveling out of this house to go. And we will handle every small thing like it's a big thing. I will celebrate every headache like it was stage 4 cancer on a gurney that's healed. That my God did it. As CCA expands, we expand because the kingdom just got bigger in this community. And a kid hears the prayer every morning. You with me? What did the guy say on that clip? I'm going to dream. And as they watch me live my dream, they can believe God for their dream. Father, I bless the dreamers in this house this morning. Just stay seated right there and raise your hand real high. I bless the dreamers in this house. I bless you to dream. I bless you with vision to believe. I bless you to see greatness. I bless you to believe that your life is going to make the greatest impact out of your family lineage. I declare over you right now that the past is simply that. It is the past. I declare today that you have the faith and the strength to let go of things that have held you back. Church, are you serious with that? Do you want to let it go? That means unforgiveness. That means bitterness. These are things that kill us. I mean, I mean, gross test sin, what we call, is not what's hindering us. It is the little foxes that is spoiling the vine. And it's time we deal with them. But I want to tell you, there's entrepreneurs in this room that's going to have the faith to step out. There's businessmen in this room that's going to have the faith to step out. I feel that anointing right now in this room. You'll be able to step out, to be able to live your dream, whether that's owning your business, whether that's being a housewife to raise your kids. I bless you to live your dream. I want to tell you that God is for you, friend. He is not upset. You don't have to stay in Lodabar. Get out of the land of nothing. The king has summoned. He wants you at his table. He wants you at his table. And as you feast at his table, you're going to watch your life begin to change. Listen, we can listen to me right here. Look at this. I'm a holiness preacher. I 100% believe in it, and everybody in this room should be, believe in it. Because without it, no man shall see the Lord. But let me tell you this. Listen, you can get up here and preach, quit drinking, quit watching nasty stuff, whatever you want, all of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm 100% against sin. But let me tell you this. What will cause people to leave a sinful lifestyle more than anything is getting a vision and the hope of what God has for them. Without a vision, without the vision, people cast off restraint. With vision, you put on restraint. If Stanton was to go crazy next week and I had to go get him, probably when it's just me and him, I'm going to take my belt off to him behind closed doors. But the main thing I would work on is not telling him how, how jacked up what he done was wrong. It's, it's reminding him, where's the kid that's going to touch the nations? Where's the, kids that's, where's, where's the kid that's going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Because somewhere he lost sight of that. This is where we've been because it's been hard, church. We've lost sight of the destination. And many of us have found ourselves and we don't even know where we're at. Have you ever, how did I get here? Have you ever said that to yourself? How did I end up here? How did I get here? We simply just lost sight. When I get at a place that I don't know how to move to the right or to the left, I simply stick to the last thing I heard God say. Let me tell you, you ever get lost? The best thing to do is just stay in one place. Somebody will find you. Kids get lost at Walmart. They run and trying to find you, and you run and try to find them. And after an hour and a half, you ain't found them. 
go to the last thing that God said. Hunker down in that position and obey what He said in the last place. And I promise you, if you if you'll get right there, you will find marching orders for the next part of the journey. Sometimes I've left God and got in John. You ever done that? People say, I feel lead. The church has been killed by lead poisoning for years. My sheep know my voice and no other voice will they follow. Lord, I release that over your people right now. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord to sound real and true in their hearts right now. I'm telling you right now, Father, I release a belief right now in this house. You say, I don't have no faith, ride my faith. You don't got no faith, get on my faith right now to believe. I said, if you don't have the faith, get on my faith right now to believe. But you need to look at your husband. You need to look at your wife. Look at your kids. This is our greatest year. and We're not missing it. This is our time, baby, right now. I've watched everybody else do it. It's, it's my time right now. This is it right here. All right, release what you got over. Yeah, I just want to share just real brief. Um, Pastor keeps bringing up CCA. What happened? And, and when... When you don't believe, you know, when, you, when you've run for years and you're tired and then some of these new men come along and they've grabbed the vision. Men that have not been a part of the vision up until the last two years and they've come along and they've grabbed the vision and they go to, to the old high school and they grab this thing and they start talking to the owners and then the practical side, they want to be paid, Right? They, they, want, they want some money for this building that they have. And so the vision is shared with, uh, with some people about what we want to do. And a grandfather, a grandfather says, you know what? I just believe I'm supposed to give you guys the money. A grandfather. So a grandfather steps up and says, here's $400,000. He said, you guys don't have time to wait on the bank to make a decision. You need it now. Because the vision that you have, it needs to happen now. So you can be in the school by the time it starts back again. And there's a lot to do. So a granddad who has three grandchildren there believed. And he gave us $400,000. And you know what he said? He was standing there with Tim Fuller and myself one day, and he said, well, if y'all don't pay me back, I guess uh, I'll have a school and, and, and we'll make apartments or something, won't we, Tim? And he said, but you know what? I've watched you guys. I've watched y'all. And I believe in y'all. I believe in you guys. And so yesterday we worked. We moved, we moved, we moved. We've, and one of the, one of the new families that, uh, that have come and, and have really put their shoulder to the plow. And, uh, and we work like dogs. I mean, we have, when you move a whole school from one place to the other, my back hurts. My, last night I was cramping. I, I was, it was bad. We were getting ready to leave. And he said, you know what? He said, uh, I've watched y'all. And he said, because you guys can pour what you've poured over the last 18 years into this place. He said, you know what? The least I can do is pour out as well. So now he's put his shoulder to the wheel because he's seen somebody else's faith. And so what you're talking about, about that faith feeding off of each other. A week and a half ago, Teresa and I are looking at each other. Man, have we, have we bit off more than we can chew? So I looked at Tim and I said, Tim, if we bit off more than we can chew, I'm nervous because we don't have just enough. we got more than enough. I mean, we've got more than enough. It's a big building. And he said, you come up here Monday morning and you see what we've got up here. And we got back up there Monday morning. He had painters. He had people putting walls up. He had stuff happening that will blow your mind. So what's happened is, is we've watched that faith move back and forth between different people and that energy. But I can tell you, God put on a man's heart. I'm going to wind it up with this. The last time I was with the man, 
a couple times ago, he said, you know what? Since I made that decision to give you guys the money, he said, I don't know what it is. I feel like a weight's been lifted off of me. Hey, you guys working at that building next Saturday, moving classrooms? All right, listen. How many grown men in this house say I'll help them next Saturday? Meet me here at 8 o'clock next Saturday. Raise your hand. All right, let's get some men that if you want to see me or see Cleve Edwards, that you're willing to help next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Help them move. Ricky's got trailer. You're going to bring your trailer, Ricky Stone. All right, let's help them. Let's show them if we believe in them. If you believe in it, you'll see me here at 8 o'clock. We'll feed you something that night. I will myself. So we just got to figure all that out. All right? Now, here's what we're going to do. Before we leave... I want us to come to the front right here as a family right here. Come on. Come on. Come on, get in here. Come on, come on, draw it in here. Let's go, come on. This is your tribe right here. Now, this is what I want us to do. I want you to just lay your hands on your shoulders. The person next to you, tell them, I believe in you. I believe in you. Catherine, come here. I just want to tell you, you know, I'll tell you this. We let go of our job. You heard me saying here, I was going to get the big check. I didn't get that big check. But I'm going to trust God. We let it go to Statesboro. Get a text on my phone. I just want to let you know, I'm going to make your house payment in August. That's God, friend. Saying that all I want you to do is tend to what I told you to tend to. And I'm going to take care of you. We need to settle this issue right here this morning. God's going to take care of us. You believe that? He's going to take care of us. He's going to pay that 400000 back and the next million it's going to take to get the facilities that we need. Did you hear what? I don't know if we heard what he said. But a grandfather wrote a check, not for $40, for 400000 I said 400000 We believe in you. Father, we bless this people today to be the dreamers that you've destined this house to be, Father. Father, I bless them to be the dreamers that you destined this house. Years ago, God, you said the kings was going to come from among our own body. I thank you for the kings that is in this house. I thank you for the businessmen that's in this house that will reap upon reap upon reap. I thank you for just the employers in this house. I thank you for the employees that's in this house. I thank you for great preachers that's in this house. I thank you for musicians, intercessors, everything that you have equipped this house with. And I bless this people this morning. I say this is your year. This is your greatest moment. This is your time. Step out. Get out of the boat. Move forward in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes.
Come on, don't stop. Come on, come on, come on. We're praising the breakthrough. We're praising the breakthrough today. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Discouragement go. Depression go. Heaviness go. Divine joy. Fresh vision come. In Jesus' name. Yes. Yes, it's my time. Look at your neighbor say, it's my time. This is it. It's my year. It's my season. It's my time. Father, thank you that the tide is turned. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hug somebody. Love on them. We'll see you here on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 